Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, hey, and welcome back to podcast number 272 as we get into how do you deal with those jerks, those mean people, those rude people. Kurt Mortensen here. Let's take a deep dive in how to maximize your influence and take your income, life, and relationships to the next level. little housekeeping, of course. You can reach me at MaximizeYourInfluence.com or email me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. It's also a place to go to take your Persuasion IQ, get the free book Maximum Influence, or check out some of the training programs we've been putting together. It's been a good week. I spent some time in Phoenix, Arizona. It's been warm. Well, warmer than most of the world. 75 was, I think, about the high. It wasn't too low. No snow on the ground. Kind of nice. Focus on creating sales systems and teaching sales systems because without a system, you can't sell, you can't persuade, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's a group, whether it's sales, whether it's leadership, there has to be a system in place. It's nice to have the tools, but you have the tools to create the system. So let's jump into it. Let's start off with the blunder, but it's no blunder today. It's going to be the blinja. Don't, don't, don't. Now, if you're new to the program, what's a blinja? Well, it's a combination blunder and ninja. You get to decide what it is and... Hate to say this, it's going to be Walmart. <laughs> yes, Walmart. I try not to go to Walmart, but I went this last time and had a kind of an interesting experience. I quit going because you really can't get any service, any help. I mean, sometimes you can if you wait long enough. And of course, the lines at the cash register is not my style. But hey, great low prices and a great model. And so I went in looking for something specific and noticed a couple things that over the years of research is a home run in the world of persuasion influence, especially in retail, high ceilings. Whether it be a seminar or a store, the higher the ceilings, the easier it is to influence people. Bright lights. It was very bright in there, and that's also true for retail or doing a seminar or trying to influence people. Bright lights. Now, not a bright light interrogation in your face type thing, but good lighting can make a big difference. Then as I walked in, I also noticed the smell of a Subway store, the sandwiches. And of course, smells trigger good feelings for most people, assuming they like Subway and that type of thing. But that also triggers hunger and other good feelings. I noticed they had us turn right, which in any retail store is based on the driving conditions. Of course, it'd be different in London and other places where they have different driving patterns. But normally, we turn right. And they had everything that you needed turning right. And there's also space to adjust. If you notice Walmart, there's the door, then kind of all the carts and everything, and then you go into the store. They found out at malls, for example, another retail that we just, the first, I don't know, five, ten feet, we're coming in from outside, we're adjusting the lighting, we just don't notice many things, and they didn't have much in that first couple of feet. And of course, love the odd prices. Odd prices are always more persuasive than other prices. And the pricing was big and bright and easy to read. And I also loved, I didn't use it, but the pickup was made very easy. You could order online. They had stalls all set up. You park, they bring it to you. The easier it is to do something, the easier it is to persuade. And of course, I went to get my item and it was locked up and I couldn't find anybody to unlock it. 
trying to track someone down, getting someone to help, customer service, waiting a long line didn't help. That's kind of the blunder part. So we're going to give them the blinja today. You decide with Walmart. Some people are upset because they've been so efficient, so good, it's taken a lot of people out of business. But hey, you got to hand it to them for a few things that they are doing right. So the blinja of the day is Walmart. So before I get into the geeky article of the week, I'm going to go to listener email. Oh, boy! Because they kind of correspond and bring them together also with the content of today. This is Peter from San Juan. It says we've met before, so I'm assuming at San Juan, Puerto Rico. Although there's also San Juan, Costa Rica. But anyway, Peter, let me know about San Juan. He says, hey, Kurt, thanks for the podcast. I can feel it's helping every week of becoming more influential and becoming a better leader. Thanks for the new tools. Thanks, Peter. And since we're using your email on the show, you get a free subscription, a lifetime subscription to InfluenceUniversity.com. That's our intense weekly program. We get a new tool every week. So shout out to you for that. Says, Kurt, my boss is a jerk and he's really mean. How can I become more influential and persuade him to my point of view without being a, well, I can't say that one on the show. This is a family show, but anyway, it's an expletive. <laughs> well, let's talk about the mean people being a jerk. Because you have to work with jerks, mean people, angry people, rude people. Now, we're not specifically going to talk about angry people today. That's podcast 242 if you want to go back to the archives. But I want to focus on kind of those jerks, the mean, the rude people that we all have to deal with as we go through this. So let's start with that geeky article. And this comes from the Academy of Management Journal and Michigan State University. They did a little research about people and bosses that were bullying and belittling employees and why does that happen and what happens to the people that they're belittling and being mean to. The bottom line they talked about that in the short term it's helpful but in the long term it comes to haunt them. And I've always said that when you say do it or you're fired, there's short-term compliance versus long-term resentment. But they took a look at these mean bosses in China, in the United States, and other parts of the world. And they found that supervisors who were abusive felt a sense of recovery because of their boorish behavior helped replenish their mental energy and resources. And you're like, what does that mean? He says it requires mental effort to suppress that abusive behavior, which leads to mental fatigue. And when they lash out when they're mean, that actually helps that. Kind of interesting. And not only that, when they use this abusive behavior, to decrease trust, decrease support, and reduce productivity. I think we all know that on a certain level. And I think the reason so many people have mean and rude bosses is because they get things done. They do get things done. But they did suggest to prevent this abusive behavior, this outlet, is for these mean people to take breaks, reduce their workload, communicate better with employees, and getting social support. And when they get this social support, they gain that energy from their coworkers. Kind of interesting if they wanted to change. But I think the thing with most mean people, they just don't want to change. So, Peter, let's talk about a few tools that you can use. Dealing with these jerks, these mean people. The first suggestion I have is uh, quit. Life's too short for you to work with someone that's that mean. I know it might be hard to look for another job. Maybe this is a temporary thing to where they're going to get a promotion after work with them. Maybe it's the only thing you can find. I know there's issues there, but that's something you have to ask yourself is why am you dealing with this abuse? Why are you dealing with this type of person? That's the first question you ask. And then the second question you ask is why are they being a jerk? Why are they being a butt? Why are they being so mean? Nobody likes them, and maybe that's why they're doing it is because nobody likes them. They've tried. They don't have people skills. Most of the time, it's because of a lack of tools. They just don't have any other tools to motivate people, to get people to improve, to get things done. 
lot of times they're a one-tool wonder and it's getting mean in your face, do it or you're fired, and it's worked over the years and that's all they have. It could be a low self-esteem. They're compensating for something. They really don't like themselves, and by lashing out at others and pulling them down and being mean, it helps them feel better about themselves. I know it's not right, but it's human nature. Maybe, again, they just don't care. It's getting the job done. Maybe it's part of the corporate culture. Everyone up in management's doing the same thing, and so that's the style that they're looking for. Could be part of that, too. So, so let's talk about some tools, some things to help you out. I mean, the first thing you do is ignore them. That's kind of difficult sometimes within your face, and it requires a little patience. You just have to ignore them, and when they do yell at you, it's not getting to you. You're not giving them a response. Remember, these are bullies. They're teasing you or in your face or being a bully. They want a response. And if you're not giving the response, you don't give them what they're looking for. A lot of times it will be reduced and you won't have to deal with it as much. And part of that is, you know, keeping your distance. Don't sit so close to them in the boardroom or the break room or the lunchroom. Try to move your office if you can. There's just something about being close in that proximity. Maybe when you know they're taking a break, you don't take a break. When they take a lunch, you don't take a lunch. When they go to the bathroom, you don't go to the bathroom. You're doing things different, just keeping your distance. It gives them less time to think of you and to be in your face. Now, a tough one, I know you want to hear this. It's called ingradiation, kissing up to them, brown-nosing, boot-licking, whatever it is. I know this is a little on the wait-a-minute side. So ingradiation could be praise. Remember, it's probably low self-esteem. And so if you can just kind of praise them a little bit for things, I don't know, it might be hard to find, but for things that they've done right, maybe they were nicer that time, maybe they did something well, maybe profits are up, maybe they did something that you liked, maybe they gave you a day off when you didn't ask for it, find something to kind of get on their side, to be their friend, to ingratiate a little bit. I know it's out there for some of you, but that could be very important especially if you need to influence that person persuade that person need to work with that person if you can become friends with that person then all of a sudden things can start coming together and you will not be abused as much from this mean person and then maybe if that's not working just confront them maybe they don't know their butts they're mean they're jerks and let them know say hey are you feeling demeaned here i'm feeling degraded with what you're doing, and maybe it's going to be an eye-opener for them. They just don't realize what it's doing to people. He says, I really don't like working here. It's sucking the life out of me. It demotivates me. Why, what? Can you tell me what's going on and why I do this? That could be it. Now, to the hardcore mean jerk that doesn't care, that might not help, but at least you're calling them out on it. It might be the type of person that doesn't know they are sucking the life out of people. Also, when this happens, just kind of be indifferent. Detach yourself. Just know that, hey, they've got the low self-esteem. They're the ones without any persuasion tools. They're not going to go very far in life. They don't have any friends. Just kind of put them in a spot where you can be indifferent. You can emotionally detach and help yourself realize that they're having a harder life than you do. Something's really wrong. Maybe it's a hard time at home. Something's going on. And when you can put it in perspective that they have low self-esteem, they don't have a lot of tools, they have no friends, they have nowhere to go, sometimes it gives you a little more empathy. I mean, it doesn't make it right, but it helps you be a little more indifferent and detach yourself to where it's not taking its toll. And then the next thing, too, is when you're working together, ask yourself, well, what's in it for them? What's in it for the team? How can you prove and demonstrate your worth? How can you show them that you're helping them out, that you're on the team, that you're not necessarily their friend, but you're working together, you're making things happen, you're solving problems? And when you do this, you can prove your worth and provide a little pain when you have that conversation about them being a butt. Look, I don't enjoy working here. And 
if they have a lot of pain with you leaving, that you're going to be a missing element of that team, that could be something that switches things around. And a final thing, Peter, is maybe you're the jerk. Now, I say this in a nice, loving way, okay? I'm not saying that you are. I don't know that much about you, but maybe you're being a jerk, too. And when you're a jerk and you're mean, that reciprocates meanness and jerkiness. I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, that's what I'm going with. Maybe you have conflicting personalities. Maybe there's something there that's wrong. Maybe you're the butt, too. So maybe if you could be a little nicer and maybe you can change some of your tactics and techniques and get more tools, that could be part of it too. I know it takes a big man, a big woman, a big person, or whatever it is to admit that, but that's something to take a look at. Maybe, again, conflicting personalities. Maybe they feel wronged in the past. Maybe you really don't understand the things you need to do to adapt to different personalities. Especially in negotiation and persuasion, Some people just don't learn how to adapt. There's different styles. There's different personalities. For example, in negotiation training that I do, we identify five different negotiating styles. And this is kind of a persuasion style too. And just kind of give you a big picture of how this works. There's do's and don'ts with each style. There's the compromising person. They want to meet in the middle. They're known as a sharing style. Everyone needs to win. We're meeting in the middle. This is the type of person we have to start really high or low so you can meet in the middle. They love testimonials and social validation of other people that are doing it. They need to know every step that you're taking. But if this type of style, you use threats, you back them into a corner, you're condescending to them, or you confuse them, and that would be by bypassing any steps and not following a logical order, they're going to come at you and you won't be able to influence them and it'll shut the door to persuasion. Sometimes you deal with the type of people that we call avoiding or withdrawing. They're very passive. They hate conflict. They don't want to commit. They need time. They're not very assertive. And if you're an assertive person, it's going to drive you nuts. So when you're in an influence or negotiation with that type of person, you need to give them time to understand the importance of what you're talking about, what's in it for them. You're going to have to find some empathy. Give them a guarantee about how it's going to work and show how the decision affects them, the company, and the team. But if you back them into a corner and create tension, you need to make a decision now. Why do you say that? Or rush them. Or if they feel you're getting aggressive or trying to argue with them, they're going to shut down, they're going to leave, and the doors of persuasion will shut. Then there's what we call the collaborator or the problem solver. These type of people are very open. They love to communicate. Let's talk about it. Let's find some creative solution. Let's make the pie bigger. Let's satisfy both parties. Also in the win-win category. They want to think big. They want to know everything. They need all the information that they can. So you have to adjust your style. So in a situation like this, you need to be very professional and be prepared. Have all the facts and statistics all lined up, ready to roll, and exact facts and statistics. You say it's around $2,000 a month. No, no, no. It's $2,012 this month. It's $2,050 this month. Exact numbers. And focus on the end results. Build that vision. But with this type of person, when you get really emotional or they feel you're trying to manipulate them or you're not revealing everything and you're keeping to yourself or you're coming in disorganized, slams the door to persuasion and you can't influence them. Then there's the competing style, the forcing style. This is the time we're going to win. We're going to beat the opponent. This is a game. This is a war. It's the results, not the relationships. They're very assertive people. This is fun. We're going to do this. We're going to see what we're going to get. We're going to back them into a corner. We're going to win. That's their style. No personality, no right or wrong. It's just different. And the reason I'm bringing these up is if you're working with a mean, jerky person, maybe you're that person too. And it usually comes down to 
competing styles that clash. Because if you're an assertive person going against an amiable person, that could clash. That could be part of the challenge. So if you're dealing with this type of person that's competing and forcing, things you need to do is focus on the issues, only the issues. Create alternative solutions, stay composed. If they're in your face and they're yelling, it's not bothering you, you're indifferent, it's not getting to you, you're not showing a response, and you stick to the agenda. Come with the agenda, step by step by step. But in the don't category, if you get defensive, that's fuel to the fire. They're winning the game. Or if you back them in the corner, they're going to come out swinging. Don't show them that you're intimidated and don't return their arrogance or perceived arrogance for your arrogance. That could also slam the door of persuasion. And the final style here is the accommodating or smoothing style. This is the relationships. Relationships first, then results. Relationship first, then we'll talk about. It's important that everyone's happy. They're usually not very assertive. And they're concerned about everyone's needs and wants and get how to make everyone happy. And if you're dealing with that type of person or you are that type of person, things you need to focus on is the relationship. You might need to talk about the cats or their weather or their day or their children. They need to understand there's a relationship there first. Be open and warm. Answer the questions. Get to know them. Even if you think it's a waste of time, they need this. Find common interests. Find a similarity. Find something that you have in common. Make the small talk. Do the chit-chat. Those are things that can be very helpful to you. Now on the don't list, don't rush them. Don't confuse them. Don't overload them with facts and statistics and all the analytical things or use threats. That's going to slam the door to persuasion, motivation, and influence. So, Peter, hopefully there's some tools there to help you out. Let's do a quick review here. First of all, remember, ask yourself, are you the jerk? Are they the jerk? Is it conflicting personalities or styles? We talked about some do's and don'ts there. You need to ask yourself, why are they being the jerk? Lack of tools, low self-esteem, they just don't care. It's the culture. So remember, we talked about ignoring them. They're teasing you. They're trying to get under your skin. Don't show them reaction. Try to keep your distance, both physically and emotionally. Maybe a little ingratiation or praise. Try to get on the team. Be part of the team. Find out what's in it for them. Maybe we want to do that confrontation in a nice way that they don't know they're being the jerk. And, of course, we talked about being indifferent. It's not getting to you. And you can ask yourself, really, what's in a year from now, in a week from now, is this a big deal? And kind of detach it. I've seen some coworkers get together every week and talk about the meanest thing that happened that week, what they did. They'd keep a journal, they'd tell their spouse, they'd do something, just kind of diffuse an event if it was something they really didn't feel like they had any control over. So, again, Peter, thanks for your question. We'll give the information to accessinfluenceuniversity.com. And a little housekeeping, of course, tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Hit the like button. We're also on Pinterest and Instagram under Max Influence, and of course on iTunes and Spotify. But I do want to hear from you at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Give me a joke. Give me a question. Let me know what's going on. Love to hear from you and how these tools are helping you out. If you want to get the newest edition of Maximize Influence for free, just pick up a little shipping and handling. And of course, there's a few cool bonuses at lawsofinfluence.com. The key here is to master these skills, become more influential, and you know it, go out and persuade with power.